0: Good morning. We welcome all of you today on this uh, Palm Sunday. And I hope that uh, so far didn't uh, frighten any of you adults. I know it intrigued the kids and uh, they probably will be asking their moms and dads about a special Christmas gift. If you go down to Brazil, you can get one. (laughs) Or better yet, if you go to Israel, you can get one there too. It's a privilege this morning to be with you and to share with you the wonderful Word of God. I want to read something for you that has meant a lot to me. Listen carefully and see if you can tell who it's writing about. He was born in an obscure village. The child of a peasant woman. He grew up in still another village where he worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30. Then for three years he was an itinerant preacher. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never had a family or owned a house. He didn't go to college. He never traveled 200 miles from the place where he was born. He did none of the things one usually associates with greatness. He had no credentials, but himself. He was only 33 when public opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. He was turned over to his enemies and went through the mockery of a trial he was nailed to a cross between two thieves when he was dying his executioners gambled for his clothing the only property he had on earth when he was dead he was laid in a borrowed grave Through the pity of a friend. Nineteen centuries have come and gone. And today he is the central figure. Of the human race. The leader of mankind's progress. All the armies that ever marched. All the navies that ever sailed. All the parliaments that ever met all the kings that ever reigned put together have not affected the life of man on earth as much as that one solitary life. Who is he? Of course you understand that I've been reading about the Lord Jesus Christ who is this one who of all men who ever were born has affected the human race more than any others. I'd like you to turn, please, in your Bibles uh, to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. And I'll be reading from that chapter, beginning with verse one, as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me, If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken throughout through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. And they asked, who is this? And that's the title of our message this morning. Who is this? Who is this one who entered Jerusalem 2,000 years ago? with thousands of people welcoming him, shouting, Hosanna, salvation. The king was coming into the capital of his kingdom, and yet within three or four very brief days, many of the ones who welcomed him here were crying, crucify him, crucify him. This morning, I want you to think with me about that question. Who is he? That was the question the crowds outside Jerusalem asked when the king rode into his city, the capital city on a donkey. And that was because this was predicted over 500 years ago by the prophet Zechariah that he would come in this way to his capital city, Jerusalem. You know, the word of God here says the whole city was stirred. And the word that's used there is very interesting. It's the word that's used of an earthquake. And if any of you have ever been in an earthquake, you know what that means. Everything shakes. I remember... Nancy and I were in the southern part of the Philippines years ago in a little wooden house that wasn't too strong. In the middle of the night, there was quite a large earthquake. And it's a frightening thing to be in an earthquake where everything around about you is shaking. And that was the picture here as thousands of people walked in with Jesus to the city of Jerusalem, The whole city was stirred as by an earthquake, and they shouted and asked the question, who is he? This question has been asked down through the ages by all kinds of people. Some of them had the right answer, but most of them didn't. And this morning, I want you to look with me, first of all, about the questions that were asked In the Gospels. Who is he? Turn in your Bibles, please, to Luke chapter 5. We want to look at this passage, which is very, very instructive. Luke chapter 5. And look, please, with me at verse 21. Luke 5. And we'll begin a few verses before that. You remember the story, there was a paralytic, a man that could not walk at all, and uh, he, had, he had friends who were concerned about him, and they heard that Jesus was in town, and they'd heard about Jesus and some of the miracles that he performed, and so the four friends of this paralytic, this paralyzed man, uh, carried him to the house where Jesus was. And you remember they they couldn't get in because of the press of the people. And so they did something unusual. They went on top of the house and they broke a hole in the roof to let him down. Now that's going a little far, isn't it? But it shows us the desire these men had to get their friend who was paralyzed to Jesus. Because they knew Jesus could help him. And so we read here in chapter 5 of Luke they set him in verse 19 in front of jesus when jesus saw their faith he said friend your sins are forgiven the pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves who is this there it is who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy who can forgive sins but god only who is this this man who says your sins are forgiven that's blasphemy anybody who says that is claiming to be god and they were right on because that's exactly what jesus was claiming to be who is this who can say to a man your sins are forgiven and we read in verse 26 everyone was amazed I imagine they were when the man stood up and they said we have seen remarkable things today wouldn't you like to have been there in that house that morning when those four men dropped their friend in front of Jesus and Jesus looked at him and said your sins be forgiven and he stood up and walked and his sins were be, were forgiven turn to Luke chapter 8 Luke chapter 8 And look with me at another passage here, which is very enlightening. <clears throat> Verse 22. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out, and as they sailed, he fell asleep. Now, to me, that speaks of the humanity of Jesus. Jesus. Jesus got tired. Jesus had been working all day and teaching. And now he was sailing with his disciples across the Sea of Galilee. And he fell asleep. And a squall came down on the lake. And the Sea of Galilee is about 30 miles long and about 8 miles wide at the widest point. And there are a set of mountains on one side, and it's about 680 feet below sea level. And often there, these storms come up immediately. And they're big ones. And the squall here, the waves were battering this little boat. And at verse 24, we read, the disciples went and they wakened him. They woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. Now these were professional fishermen. They weren't uh, visitors to Israel. They were men who all their lives had sailed this sea fishing. And so you know this storm must have been a very bad one for them to be so frightened. And they said, Master, we're gonna drown. And verse 24, Jesus got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters and the storm subsided and all was calm. Wouldn't you like to have been on that boat then? I mean, after it was calm. And what was the response? In fear and amazement, his disciples asked one another, Who is this? Who is this one who commands even the winds and the water? And they obey him. He has the power over nature, he has the power over illness and sickness. And their question was, again and again, who is this who is able to do these things? Who is this who can forgive men their sins? Who is this who can still this stormy sea? And the question is still being asked by men and women throughout the world look at luke chapter 9 luke chapter 9 and verse seven now herod the king the tetrarch heard all about what was going on what was going on well he had sent out his, jesus had sent out his disciples and they were performing miracles And this pagan leader, this godless king, Herod, who was a wicked, wicked man, he heard about what was going on. And he said, uh, what's happening? And in verse 9, Herod said, I beheaded John. It can't be John the Baptist. Now listen to the next words. Who then is this? Who is this? I hear such things about. And he tried to see Jesus. And the word tried there means he continued to seek Jesus. He wanted to see this man who was able to perform these miracles. And his question was, along with the disciples on the sea and the people in that room when the man was healed was, who is this who is able to do all these things have you ever asked the question who is this well those are the questions I want you to see some of the answers to that question that we find in the gospels look at please look please at Luke chapter 1 and verse 26 and here we see the angel gabriel sent by god to nazareth a town in galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named joseph a descendant of david the virgin's name was mary and the angel went to her and said greetings you are highly favored the lord is with you Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting that might be. But the angel said, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are going to give him the name Jesus. Now listen to the answer to the question, Who is he? The angel said, He will be great, and he will be called the son of the most high that's one answer he will be called the one of the most high look at luke chapter 1 and verse 43 you remember the story that elizabeth was pregnant expecting a child and mary who also was pregnant went to see her cousin And we see here in verse 43 of chapter 1 of Luke. Elizabeth said, Why am I so favored, Mary, that the mother of my Lord is visiting me? Here she was able to say that this babe who would be born was her Lord and Master? That's another answer to the question who is he? But look at chapter 3 or chapter 2 and verse 28, chapter 2 and verse 28 and here we see another answer to that question chapter 2 28, Simeon this godly man in the temple Moved by the Spirit, he, in verse 27, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took the baby in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. As he looked at this tiny little baby in his mother's arms, this godly Simeon said, Now I have seen the salvation of God. Let me depart in peace. These are some of the answers, but they're more thrilling answers. Look at chapter 2, and <clears throat> verse 38. And here we find Anna, that godly woman who had practically lived in the temple for years. And in verse 38, coming up to them, to Joseph and Mary and the babe, at that very moment, Anna gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. That baby... Was the redemption of Israel that God had promised in the Old Testament? Who was he? All of these wonderful answers which tell us he was certainly more than man. And then look, please, at chapter 3 and verse 22 in Luke chapter 3 and verse 23. Well, look at verse 21. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice uh, uh, came from heaven And listen to the answer to that question. Who is he? This is God the Father talking now. And his answer to that question is this. You are my son. Whom I love. With you I am well pleased. So the answer to the question. Who is he? God the Father says he's my beloved son. He's the redemption of Israel and then look at chapter 7 and verse 16 you remember the story that Jesus and his disciples were walking outside the city of Nain and a funeral procession was coming out and there was a a widow lady who was walking beside the bier of her only child who had died And we read about Jesus and his disciples coming upon this funeral procession. And there we find in chapter 3 of Luke and verse 22, excuse me, Uh, Luke 7, I'm sorry, Luke 7. And I want you to look at verse 16. Luke 7, 16. They were all filled with awe. And they praised God because Jesus had just said to that dead man on that bier. Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk. Jesus gave him back to his mother. In verse 16, they were all filled with awe. I imagine they were, and they praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us. Who is he? A great prophet, they said. God has come to help his people. Who is he? A great prophet. But more than that, God himself has come to help his people now i want you to turn to john chapter 8 this is an extremely important passage as we consider the answer to that question who is he john chapter 8 and verse 53 here jesus is talking to the religious leaders And they say in verse 53, are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. And here's the question they asked. Who do you think you are? (laughs) That's a question they asked Jesus himself. Who do you think you are? Acting the way you are and doing the things and teaching the things you're doing who do you think you are who is he good to see what jesus answers about himself what does it say there jesus replied if i glorify myself my glory means nothing My father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day, and he saw it and was glad you are not 50 years old yet the jews said to him and you have seen abraham now listen to what jesus said in answer to that question who is he and jesus said in verse 58 i tell you the truth jesus answered before abraham was born i am right and when he said i am He was saying, I am Jehovah God. Jehovah God. Who is he? Oh, there are many answers. God the Father from heaven. And many others. But here is Jesus Christ himself. Answering that question. Who do you think you are? And Jesus answered, before Abraham was, I existed. I've been here throughout all eternity. I am Jehovah, the great I am, the eternal, everlasting God. And at this, the Jews picked up stones to stone him. Why? because he was blaspheming and saying that he was God who is he well Jesus himself answered that question didn't he I am Jehovah God the one who has existed from all eternity what do you say to that question this morning who is he to you that's the challenge. And I want you to look at chapter 9 of Luke as we are closing our time together this morning. Luke chapter 9 and verse 18. <clears throat> and here we find a Jesus and his disciples. And uh, he says in verse 18, once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, Who do the crowds say that I am? Who do all these people say that I am? They replied, some say you are John the Baptist others say you are Elijah and still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life now here's the question folks Jesus said but how about you how about you Peter who do you say that I am and that's a question Jesus asked every one of you sitting here this morning. I don't really care who the crowd say I am, but I care very much about who you say that I am. Amen. Amen. You've heard all the testimonies that we've read. God Himself, He is my well beloved Son. Jesus himself claimed to be Jehovah, the great I am. The crowd say a number of things, but I'm asking you the question, he said to Peter, who do you say that I am? And 2,000 years later, this morning, in Shawnee Baptist Church, This ever-living One, God, asks you that question. Who do you say that I am? Is He your Savior? Or is, is He just someone you've heard a lot about? I know in the Philippines, when we used to preach in campaigns there, I tried to explain to the people who were religious and they knew a lot about the Lord Jesus. They could answer a lot of questions, but I use this illustration. I use it to you for you this morning. Because you may be here knowing a lot up here about Jesus, but really not knowing him. And so I would say to the crowd of people in our tent, how many of you know who your president is? And they'd all raise their hands. At that time, he was a great man. I had met him the day after we arrived in the Philippines. President Ramon McSaysay. And they all raised their hands. Yes, we know who our president is. I said, here's the real vital question. How many of you could go to Manila tomorrow and to Malakanyan Palace where your president lives and go to the door of his office and knock and open it and say good morning Ramon how are you not one hand was raised you know the difference they all knew a lot about their president but none of them knew him personally and so the question that jesus raised to peter i don't care who the crowd say i am but peter i am very much concerned to know who you say i am and peter had the right answer you are the messiah the christ of god Jesus said only God himself could reveal that to you. Today, folks, there are millions of people in our country naming the name of Christ as a swear word. How often have you been with people and You've heard someone say, Jesus Christ, not because they loved him, and really not because they thought much about what they were saying. But Jesus Christ is one of the most common swear words used throughout our country today. Who do you say I am? Jesus Christ really my father-in-law years ago was playing golf <clears throat> in a foursome he didn't know the other men they were just put together and after about eight or nine rounds he said to one of the men say i'm interested you must know one of my best friends and the man said what you must know one of my very best friends because you mention him so often. And the man said, what do you mean? He said, well, I've heard you say I don't know how many times, Jesus Christ, he's my best friend. He's the one who died for my sins. And I love him. And I don't like to hear his name treated like that. But that's all Jesus is to most Americans today. Not that they're all cussing like that. But they don't know him. And Jesus says to Peter and he says to you and me I don't care what the crowd say Peter. I do care very much who you say that I am. In 1979 one of our missionaries from Hong Kong was in Canton, China. They had just opened up China for visitors. And he went in in 1979 to Canton and he spoke the Cantonese language. And he was walking along one of the main thoroughfares there and he came across several boys, young men, young boys really. And he started talking to them about the Lord Jesus. And one of these young fellows looked up at him and said, hey mister, who is he? Does he live here in Canton? He didn't have the slightest idea who Jesus was. You don't have to live in Canton, China in 1979 to be that, like that little boy. But I'd like to challenge you folks here this morning. There are billions of people out there who've never heard of Jesus. And if you would say, who do you say that I am, that he is? They wouldn't have a clue. And it's up to us to go and share the name of Jesus with people who've never, never heard of him and never will unless someone goes. That's the very heart of missions. Who is he? He is Jesus. He is God. I close with these two scriptures and I hope as I read them, your hearts, if you know Jesus, will be filled with praise and adoration. Listen to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8. Philippians 2 verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man... He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Here it is. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's who Jesus is. And then finally, in Isaiah, Chapter 9, we read these wonderful verses from this great prophet of the Old Testament. Chapter 9 of Isaiah, and verse 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called, who is he? from that time on forever, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We celebrate today, Palm Sunday. Two thousand years ago, Jesus Christ a few days before he was crucified for your sins and mine, rode in on a little donkey to his capital city, for he was king, knowing that in a few days that crowd who was saying Hosanna in the highest would say, crucify him, crucify him. And the question comes to me and to you this morning. Who is he to you? Do you know him? Is he your savior? Is he your Lord? Does he mean everything to you? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your wonderful word Thank you, Lord, that throughout the centuries since the Lord Jesus walked this earth and gave himself up to be our Savior, people have been asking that question, who is he? Who is he? And your word plainly teaches us who he is. Your beloved son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should never, never perish but have everlasting life. Father in heaven, by your spirit, take your word and apply it to our hearts and lives this morning. For Jesus' sake, amen.